Hey, and welcome to the Future Hero Podcast. My name is Ann Humphreys. I'm guest hosting this time around. Thank you, man. You are so welcome. And I'm here with Jonathan Baxter, um, the founder and podcaster of the Future Hero Podcast. We're here in his home in beautiful Saxbaha, North Carolina, with hawks and butterflies overhead, and spring is beginning, and um, it's so lovely. I wish you guys could all see and feel it. And we are um, also taping a video recording of this podcast in case you would like to watch that. That will be linked on the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, welcome to Future Hero. And um, if this is your first time, um, it's my first time too. It's my first time on the podcast. It's my first time guest hosting anything. And um, I'm really excited about it. Mm. Bax is one of my favorite people in this world, and he was uh, the person who introduced me to the hula hoop, for those of you who don't know that. Um, And I'm sure we'll talk about that more. But anyway, uh, do you have anything to add? No, just thanks. And uh, I just want to be out and open about this, that I asked you to, Mm -hmm. if you would sit in with me, Mm -hmm. uh, because I've gotten over the years, lots of questions Mm -hmm. and some through the podcast uh, people have written. And so I wanted to talk about those things, but I just Mm -hmm. felt kind of like a dork talking about it by myself. So thanks for, you know, for stepping Mm -hmm. in here. We all know everybody wants to see peek behind the curtain of Baxter. Who is Baxter really? I know. And now you guys will too. (laughs) We're going to find out everything today. Um, (laughs) And more. Sure. Um, first of all, I just wanted to ask you about, um, I know you have a very strong relationship to music mm-hmm. oh. and then that's been a really determining thing in your life. And I wanted to ask you if you can remember what your first favorite song was. Oh man. <laughs> wow. I'm glad I didn't know these questions. Yes. That's what you, I'm saying. You, you caught me on that one. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I, <laughs> The first song, it, it was probably a Prince song. Yeah. Probably. Um, yeah. I, Prince was like the first musician that I declared devotion for. Really? You How know? did you do that? Well, you know, just like, I feel like mm-hmm. everybody does that. But it's like, you know, especially at that age, like when you're five or six or seven years oh, old. At, you at become, five or six or seven, that was when Prince touched you. Probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I, that I, I because know. my nephew is like forming those same relationships to music right now. So yeah. I understand. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to like. I think his first album came out in 1979. Right. Heads so definitely by the ten year old version of me for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I liked R and B a lot. Um, Mom would play country music, but I didn't really vibe oh, on it too much. Okay. Um, although now, like when I go back. Uh huh. I kind of like what she was playing. Really? Can you give us an example? What, Kenny what? Rogers. Kenny Rogers. My mom. I thought you were going to start singing. Loves Kenny Rogers. <laughs> How can you not? I mean, he is just the perfect man. Oh yeah, he pretty much is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sensitive. He's a photographer. You know, yeah. Sings great songs. He's fun. He's gentle. Cancer survivor. Sexy. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he's a silver fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was not a hero to young Baxter. Okay. And uh, that but, was the anti-hero. But yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because music really has 
been such a huge part of my life mm -hmm. without me even noticing it. Mm, like it's right. so funny mm -hmm. to me. Mm. Like I, I realize now, like, you know, I mean, I never would have thought of myself as musical or whatever, mm -hmm. but when my life is just in music all the time, yeah, I play it constantly when I'm at home. I don't mm -hmm. like watch TV so much. I listen to mm -hmm. lots of music. Yeah. This podcast was about that, you know, putting yeah. together the playlist for my workshops was yeah, like hugely enjoying and you, you always listen to new music. That's something I really tr admire and try to emulate all the time. Well, you know, that's, the reason I did that mm -hmm. was because, and I think this uh, might apply to movement teachers in general, Yeah, is that Tip, if you can here. find music that people are not familiar with mm -hmm. yet, mm -hmm. like it's that good, that they're going to hear it and like it immediately, mm -hmm. but not know what's coming next. And like... When people, when you find that like just perfect song that just debuts perfectly, it's such a like good moment for like, you know, in my case, I'm teaching flow, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like if the song is unfamiliar to the person, but extremely likable, that they're more likely to just flow with it because mm -hmm. they don't know what's coming. Yeah. They don't, they, they can't time the chest roll or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or if they do time the chest roll, they feel even more amazing about it because it was, you know, super ninja. You Spontaneous. Know. Yeah. Yes. I mean, in giving, the moment. Giving Hoopers and all flow artists credit, it is really hard to hit the beat. Yeah, <laughs> it's really Absolutely. hard. It's, it's, you know, it's, and it's an interesting challenge for to land the trick at the perfect wherever. time or whatever. I mean, that's you know, I don't land tricks because I don't perform, but I performers have my you know big time respect. Mm -hmm. You know, for mm -hmm. like Absolutely. when the toss is at the perfect time and all mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So, so when was your first? Um, do you remember when you started dancing and when dancing became important to you? Because I know it was before hooping. Yeah. No, it was. <laughs> and I know there's a few stories that you could share, or maybe not. I moved. Let me I'm gonna make this story quick. Mm -hmm. I moved to what was essentially a suburb of Charlotte. Right. Belmont. But it wasn't. It was a small little town. And I always felt, even though I was born like 20 minutes away in the big city of Charlotte, like I always felt out of place there. Yeah. And so one of my favorite things to do, I didn't really like, um, like I didn't have like neighborhood buddies or something that I would hang out with. So I would go home mm -hmm. and put prints on, Oh. Uh -huh. you know, on uh, vinyl. Yeah. And I would sing and dance. <laughs> you would sing along? Yeah. I didn't know that. This is a, yeah, this is and, a new fact to me. Yeah. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. And um, I did it like pretty much every day. Like, I mean, I know Sign of the Times, like, you know, yeah. better than Prince probably does as mm. far as the lyrics go <laughs> or did. But anyway, and so there was this high school dance and I don't know why, but I wanted to go. Uh -huh. And I think, oh, I know why. I was probably lonely. I mean, mm -hmm. I probably didn't have a girlfriend or something. Yeah. And so I went to this dance, and there weren't that many people there. And in small towns, like back in the you know eighties, the machismo factor. There weren't a lot of dudes there. Oh. Yeah, and so, but there were, you know, mm -hmm. and um, you know, most of the dudes there were like the African American kids there. Yeah. And so we. Uh, so I went out to this dance and, and, uh, you know, I was actually like nervous about dancing with people, uh -huh. but maybe to keep 
hands off of the kids, like they are, you know, to keep us from groping each other, they played really fast music. Right. The whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing was like 160 BPMs. <laughs> and I, um, I started dancing. Uh-huh. By and yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. Baxter. So you were like, you were like 13? Uh, yeah. Probably. Okay. Maybe okay. a little bit older. Let's just imagine this. Maybe even a little older. Okay. Um, just middle school. Or no, 15, no, 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 no. Okay, I would have had to have been. Sorry, I'm doing the math in my head. No, yeah. I was. Yeah, I was like 15 or 16. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, because I had moved in my, in my ninth grade year, and this was okay. either. I think this was. This might have been a ninth grade dance, but it was, I think it was a tenth grade dance. Okay. Yeah. And so I go there, mm-hmm. and I'm dancing. Um, I think I did ask like one girl to dance with me, and she said no. Oh gosh! And you rolled with it, of course. I did gallantly. And you know, I don't know if I had a successful dance or not. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at one point during the dance, a like dance circle formed around me. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is what we wanted to hear. <laughs> and I was going the fuck off. <laughs> yes. The new kid. And I have been listening. Yeah. And I listened to. This is our this I is our 80s John Hughes movie. I know, exactly. <laughs> right? This is what I won the heart. You are a John Hughes character, by the way. Oh, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it is a compliment. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. And, cool. uh-oh. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, the... Um, I, so I had this, this this dance moment, and then at the end of it... Oh, shit. Um, like, all the African-American kids that uh-huh. I remember... Like, not that there was a bunch. I mean, it was a small town, but... Right. Um, I just remember getting feedback from them and like feeling like that was extra valid. Oh, I don't know. You know, like, you know, just yeah. like, cause you know, they were badass dancers. Hell right? yeah. And I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt like I, I I'm sure you were in the minority. You were probably in the minority on the dance floor. And that night was the first night that I ever thought of myself as being a good dancer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, you know, a, a good dancer, you know, that's debatable. I don't know if I've ever, you know, like somebody could not think I am, but I thought I was. Yeah. And that gave me, oh, and the funny thing about it was like afterwards, um, all the teachers, mm. you know, that, like now that I'm in my 40s, like I realize what was going on. <laughs> so what was it? I think I was kind of milf bait for the night. Like, ah! I think like oh, no, that wasn't you no, know, you you swerved there for me. Sorry. <laughs> These are jokes. These are all jokes. Oh my god, this is inter- pure entertainment, folks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is this okay? So is this down too far? Do I need to put this up more? I think it's sinking a little bit. Okay, let's... can I do that? Can we can we pause for a second? And yeah, do that? We'll, we'll pause. Okay, sorry. Why did you start ho- hooping? Why did I start hooping? Um, you know, be honest. Okay, I. Started hooping, well, my whole hoop story is, it, it's so long that, yeah. but I would say, just to, to synopsize it so I don't bore everybody, mm-hmm. um, I was introduced to hooping, mm-hmm. and it's what was then, two thousand late 2001, in mm-hmm. its modern form. Right. And, uh, but it was waist hooping. That was really all we knew, and a lift. Like okay. it was pretty wow. much what everybody Two was moves. doing. And uh, Julia Hartzell mm-hmm. had gone to a festival, and at that festival, she met Vivian Spiral. Yes. And then asked, Vivian was 
going somewhere, I can't remember, and or somehow Julia asked to borrow her hoop or wound up lo- borrowing this hoop from her. Mm-hmm. She brings it back. We try it. Julia falls in love with hooping. Uh-huh. You know, she she loves it. It's still kind of like a party thing for us, though. Like, it's like, you know, we're all sitting around puffing, listening to music, mm-hmm. and somebody pulls out a hoop, yeah. right? And uh, But there was nothing beyond that. It was a party, yeah. Yeah. And so I would embarrassingly get up and try to hoop. Mm-hmm. And I sucked. Mm-hmm. I really sucked at it. And mm-hmm. um, it... But it, you know, so I would, I would kind of have to build up liquid courage to do it. It was mm-hmm. kind of like karaoke, you know, so you like, felt it was like you, you, you got into the challenge. You got interested in. No, I just would get drunk enough that I would try it. <laughs> then okay. I fast forward the tape a little bit and there's a lot of stuff that happens there, but just to get to where uh-huh. it really came in for me, uh-huh. there was one hoop that I could keep up Oh, and it was this gigantic hoop it was the one that's in my shed the one that's in your shed (laughs) and it's two and a half inch pipe yeah the black cvc it was so expensive we had to buy it by the foot yeah it's like it's like this yeah and the connect oh yeah i forget we have video the the connector the connectors were um you know were hard to get and Mm -hmm. anyway and then i wrapped that with a bicycle tire Mm-hmm. Like inner or, tubes. or inner tubes. Yes, I wrapped it with inner tubes, mm-hmm. and that was my hoop. I mean, there's a picture of me with hooping it online, and I loved it. Yeah, and your first hoop. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, um, but what got hoop. me into that hoop? Where, like, where the day I became a hooper? Yeah, it was a lot like the, That's a, the my dance. Segue, the it, was a, segue. it was a yes. lot like my my dance story. Okay, like I have been practicing dancing basically every day without realizing it. Within the hoop. No, no, I'm talking about in my dance story that oh, I just told you about, yeah, like okay. dancing. Oh, in the, I see. You right? were practicing, but you didn't know it. Yet. But I didn't realize okay. that I yeah. was getting good. Oh, yeah. And so the day that the getting good process started for me was uh, I had broken my collarbone. Mm-hmm. I had listened to the doctor's advice like too much because he had said, don't move it. So mm-hmm. I didn't move it at all. Mm-hmm. And now I look back on the story, I look like such a doofus, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't move it. So it mm-hmm. like kind of chicken winged Yeah. after eight weeks and was, and I was still in just a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And what I later found out was that it was, you know, all muscular pain mm-hmm. and that the muscles had in a sense kind of atrophied. Yeah. And so I used that giant hoop mm-hmm. to like basically do poor man's rehab. Yeah. And then as I'm doing that every day, you know, um, I start kind of like at that dance, I start getting like validation from people. Like, I don't know what's up with you, Bax, but you seem more chill or ah. you're looking good, you know, like mm. a, in a supportive way. Yeah. You know, and um, and I started to realize like, wow, you know, I'm I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And then Vivian. <laughs> yeah. Spiral. Comes back. Mm-hmm. And or from one of her other travels. And she witnesses you know, how much I've improved. And I really think I got her respect. Mm -hmm. And suddenly she and I became these platonic uh, hoop buddies. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a massive crush on her. Mm -hmm. Who didn't? (laughs) But, you know, it was never that energy really. And Mm -hmm. so like it was, you know, or at least, yeah. And so, you know, like it, it, that was definitely a motivator. Yeah. <laughs> you know, having, um, you know, but what 
the reason I'm still a Hooper though mm-hmm. is because I had so much fun doing it by myself. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and I, so it was like the first sport that I ever played that or did activity that didn't really require a partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, I didn't do yoga or anything before that, and so like I was, you know. I'm just realizing you should come a little bit more this way. Okay. Yeah, because right. we can't see you anymore. We oh, okay. Kind of lost you for a sorry. minute. Sorry, sorry, I obscured Baxter's face. Sorry, Baxter's face was obscured there. That I know that was disappointing to a lot of people. <laughs> Thanks. Um. So I wanted to ask you also, if you're if we're ready to move on, I'm ready. What do you remember about meeting me? Oh God. Because <laughs> I remember. I know I've recounted the story many times of. The first time I met you, but I have told you this before. <laughs> I had a very crude, yeah. You were talking about what Elias said? No, I. <laughs> no, I know this is this is like else. way early on in my hooping days, so I had not transformed. Okay, you were still a bro. Zero, yeah. He was a bro. Bax was a bro. And football watching. I think, like, I think in some ways, like you know, my inner author. Mm-hmm. Is always creating characters out of the extras <laughs> in my way in my every one of my scenes. Yeah. And so you were an extra, you okay, know, because you're very attractive and like so. Of course, I had seen you. I just got automatically cast as an extra. But for some reason, you and uh, I don't. Well, I won't say her name just in case you don't okay. want to be included. But you and your friend, <coughs> oh. I refer to you guys as the shit don't stink oh, girls. You did tell me that. God, I didn't know what, I still don't know what the hell you mean. I mean, I guess maybe I know more now, I, but at the time you told me, I was like, what? I think that I, like, you know, <laughs> I think maybe I was on the incel path and I was just starting to, <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that I just, like, was starting to hate women because they rejected me constantly. Oh, my God. No, I don't this know. is perfect. This I, is beautiful. I really I mean, yes. did think that you were this like uppity, <laughs> stuck on yourself kind of thing. And I have no idea why. Like it was not based on anything. <laughs> and all your all your all the men I'd see you with, they were all chads to me. And... Oh come god. Just kidding. Just John Howie is a chad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, but you know, uh. then you know, the day I met you, um, you know, like, you know, I remember, uh, you know, I met you through Kimawan. Yeah. And Kimawan was my art teacher. Mm-hmm. And, At UNC. And, and, you know, subsequently my, like, first male hoop buddy, mm-hmm. or one of my first male hoop mm-hmm. buddies. Mm-hmm. Definitely my most regular one. For sure. And, um, yeah, and he introduced me to you and, um, you Do know. Do you remember that day? That meeting? I kind of remember it because of the New York Times. Really? Because I think I was reading the New York Times. You had it under your arm. Yeah. So you often did it. That yeah, because that's what I would do. Yes. That's, because that, that really brings the women in. Yeah. When you hang out, when you hang out at the grocery store no reading detected. the New York Times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so anyway. Um, but yeah, I do remember. And then mm-hmm. uh, we kind of... Um, I remember you came to hoop class. The funniest thing was I had another theory about you. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Well, when you came to hoop class, this is, tells you how puritanical I was. Oh, yeah. I thought you might have ulterior motives. I did. For coming to the class. I totally did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> puritanical Baxter kind of okay. resented that. I was like, she needs to be here for the spirit of the hoop. <laughs> 
Oh my god! I well, was you so know, the hardcore. spirit of the hoop caught me once I got there. Yeah, yeah. That's well, what you didn't understand. Kind of, it caught you. No, it caught me. It caught me. But I got your first class was hilarious, <laughs> and I developed I, I developed another wrong theory. Okay, we're on theory number three now. But this one was more of like a movement teacher type theory. Okay, and it's pretty crude, like you know. But dude, okay, are we noticing a theme here? Uh, it, 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 I noticed that when women that were really pretty mm. came to class, that they had a really hard time letting go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were so rigid, so uptight. Yeah, and I was just like, God. Damn it. But I told you why. I told you my theory. Yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, but that's, um, you know, but, you know, then. Uh, because I just want to explain to the hoopers out there that what was actually going on was that I had seen you hoop and I had seen spiral hoop and I had seen Beth hoop. And to me, it looked like y'all were barely moving. So when I got in the hoop, I was automatically just trying to move as little as possible. Right. Right. And um, but then they but they laughed at me about it behind my back. Well, you have to kind of freak out to learn hooping. Absolutely, yeah. and I I understand, and I did I did I mean, I my memory of that night is really um, you know well it was it was the turning point of my life really, and uh-huh. it was it yeah. absolutely was because I did feel a freedom of movement in that class that I had never felt in my body before, mm. and it was because of two birds. You know, and it was because of the blindfold and the combination of those things and the fact that I was able to drop out of my mind, which <coughs> was really hard <coughs> for me. Mm-hmm. Really, really hard. Like, and the thing is, is that when you're in that state, you're, you don't realize it. You know, people are always like, can you, you know, get in your body. And mm-hmm. it's like, what the fuck yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. I don't know what you mean. That's, that's absurd. So it it was I, I did by the end of the class. I do remember the beginning of the class and when I was first getting the hoop going, it was like just gotta I've gotta try because I didn't wanna spaz out because I was crushing on you. And so the last thing I wanted to do was like spaz out in the hoop. Yeah. You know, so I was really trying to like control my my movements. But but the blindfold was just so freeing for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the the blindfold so for those of you, I, I never really talk about Hoop Path on the on this podcast. Yes, this is our um, next segue. But we're going to talk about Hoop uh, the course that I teach uh, is called the Hoop Path, and one of its fundamental techniques. Uh, if you've ever seen pictures of Hoopers blindfolded, um, like in a big room together, that was probably a Hoop Path event. Because Most likely, I, almost, almost undoubtedly, I discovered a blindfold. Yeah. And oh yeah, you can tell us. Tell changed. Me. Everything. Tell us about the blindfold. Tell us the blindfold story. Because somebody was talking, actually on Infinite Circles the other day, mm-hmm. somebody posted about hooping in her yard and not wanting to be seen and being embarrassed when people went by. And what do I do about this embarrassment? Yeah. And I said... You put a blindfold on. Yeah. Well, I said, you know, my teacher, um, Baxter, used to, you know, he he started doing this for this very reason. You know, yeah. he started using the blindfold for this very reason. And we remember we used to call it um, the um, the ostrich strategy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like, you know, if 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 I can't see you, you can't see me. And how powerful that is and how freeing because of course you know that you technically can be seen but you find that part of yourself that doesn't really care. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that um my I think my eyes are of course a huge asset to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But kind of like when I was saying before like when I'm walking around town and making stories of everybody, mm-hmm. my mind just constantly is is just running all yeah. the time. And running narratives. Yeah, and there's like it's almost like that my eyes are this input signal. Mm-hmm. 
you know, or this yeah, input channel sure. that I just That's have, to, I have to turn off. Yeah. And then that heightens everything else. Yeah. Um, the, it, you know, I, I really recommend it to people, like whether you hoop or not, mm-hmm. is if you, if you do feel like outside of your body, mm-hmm. you know, which is how most of us feel almost every day at some point, right? right? That putting a blindfold on and putting mm-hmm. some chill tracks on or whatever mm-hmm. and swaying, you know, or moving your hands. Yeah. Uh, that just feeling just the being air. blindfolded, it just, it can really, you know, and, and maybe you could get there, uh, it, you know, with your eyes open. But for me, it really speeds up the process of falling in. Well, what happened for me, and this is something that you spoke to at the time and, um, you know, that I still think about a lot is that that it just, it, it narrows down then your senses to the inputs of like the feet on the floor and the, 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 the air hitting the body. And you yeah. would use those things as guides a lot. That was really instructive and helpful to me for tuning up that, that intelligence yeah. that you have. And that it's like, you can sense more. We just use the eyes because it's the easiest and can take in the most information. Exactly. And I, I, I think, did I cut you off? I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. I think that, like it's what the blindfold did for me is of course, you know, that it opens up your other senses. Mm -hmm. And so when it opened up by opening up touch, it opened up surface to Mm -hmm, me, mm -hmm. like the surface of me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it Mm -hmm. it sounds so like psychedelic, but Mm -hmm. it was just the way it, what it did for me. And Mm -hmm. so I really like started to feel the point of contact in a different way. And I felt Mm -hmm. the surface of my body Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead of like trying to like make the hoop do something my eyes want to see it do right to like with a blindfold training, like hone in on that surface feel, Mm -hmm. you know, and move out from there. And for me, you know, I just want to build on that and say that for me, the experience was, you know, feeling that surface and feeling that outline, it made me aware of my personal boundaries, like in a very concrete and literal way. And it helped me understand my responsibility to my own emotions, for example, because it really caused me to recognize in almost like a pedestrian way that like my emotions (coughs) stop at my skin. Right. My surface is what contains and, and defines me. And I stopped trying to make people responsible for, you know, people outside of that. Right responsible for what was going on. It's like, this is, this is all me. This is all me. And, and, and it, it just demarcated what was me and what was not me. Right. In kind of a, in a simple way, but that became very useful, you know, in navigating emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that because I just read your book, I, <laughs> I know that you kind of, um, you know, see like a lot of people, like myself mm-hmm. included, sort of the external universe and the internal universe. Yeah. You know, and we're, we're realizing that the external universe is a lot easier to chart. Yeah. As yeah. Impossible as it is. Yeah. We're doing a better job of, you know, mm-hmm. determining how far stars are away. Yeah. Than why people can't get out of their own way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like well stated. Yes. For me, that is almost like the most noble pursuit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm just being metaphorical right now. Yeah. You know, Um, but that blindfold really illuminated. Mm. You know that space. Mm -hmm. Interior space for me. The inner space. Inner space. Yeah. Inner space. Inner vision. It made it 
you know, almost ritual to go in there, like yes. to almost like in this way of say, like, okay, you can enter into this room, mm-hmm. but we got to blindfold you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. Oh yeah. Like escape room. It'll be an escape room. Mm. Kind of a hoop, a hoop escape room. Not, not actually serious about that. Yeah, I got you. But, <laughs> um, okay. Well, I have just, I have, uh, you know, a, a few more questions. So, um, um, okay, so you you were you were talking about the hoop path. Oh right. And so I guess I was gathering that maybe the people on the podcast don't know much or anything about the hoop path or what it was or how that I, kind of formed or shaped I you. I think I may have talked about it once. Okay. But you know, like I don't want to. This is not going to be the new norm where I sit here and, and get interviewed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I don't really want. I don't. I haven't really wanted to talk about me so much. Right. You know? This just, is like a special. Yeah, this is like a, right. a special edition. But yeah, the Hoop Path is the program that I started in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't called the Hoop Path when I started it. Mm. Did you um, call it anything? It was just Hoop Class. Hoop Class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Viv and I were going to team teach it, and then I taught the first one, and she says, I think you should be the talker. Uh-huh. And so then she became, uh, what we got, her role became something we called belief. Oh, yeah. Belief, strength, grace. I was just thinking about that, so yeah. we can talk about that. And one of the things that was just like, it, it's like I'm this, and I'm a dude, mm-hmm. and I'm showing somebody something, and it's inevitable that they might be like, you know, it might not be as relatable to them because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm built different and look different and move mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. But when they saw Vivian do it, mm-hmm. you know, this like goddess of strength mm-hmm. who also made it look easy, which was appealing. Yeah. You know, she didn't Fluid. make it look hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, like when I would do a concept, Viv was kind of like, um, you know, like the nonverbal teacher mm-hmm. of what I was saying. Yes. And I, I would try yeah. to, you know, so um, that was a, a good, um, way to start. And then, you know, then Viv and I went separate ways. She decided mm-hmm. to go the performance path and, mm-hmm. and I decided to go the teaching path. Mm-hmm. And when I started teaching hooping and, and I really encourage anybody that loves a movement to, um, you know, and, and, you know, can be in front of people. Yeah. Uh, try to, try to teach. Yes. You know, like if you're, it, like, I think it's a certain level Kind of like Burning Man. You have to be a pretty big burner to get to art car level. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. You, know you have I mean? to make a big commitment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, I think that um, – oh, shucks. I lost my train of thought just now. Oh. Um, um, I got stuck on Burning Man. Damn. But anyway, with the hoop path, you know – Oh, yeah, um, the hoop path. Yeah, belief, like, strength, grace, Vivian being belief. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that if you were a really big geek – like at that level, then mm-hmm. you appreciated it. And, and it became the hoop path. Once I started getting that feedback of trying, Oh, that's what I was saying. Oh, was it like, if you, your movement practice is your, your art car might be leaving the class. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. That, yeah. Yeah. That sorry. analogy. Yes. Yeah. You know that like to, to like it for the super geek. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in the most flattering way mm-hmm. that like the next level of mm-hmm. geekery mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. was teaching. Yes. And you learn. And so I much think performance teaching. is an, is another way to go. Yes, you know because I think there's performers. There's things performers forget more things than I'll ever know. Mm, mm-hmm. But when it came to teaching, and one of the other things that I you know that came out of that story, and this mm. is going to sound a little prepared, but uh, mm. just because I've said this a bunch, <laughs> okay. But like it, maybe we never would have known. Sometimes you 
have skills and gifts or talents mm -hmm. that there's not a modality to that best harnesses them yet. Yeah. You know, that like, it's, you know, like you, you believe in yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and you believe in some talents that you have, mm -hmm. you know, but when you go into the modalities that you think might utilize those talents, mm -hmm. sometimes it's not there mm -hmm. or sometimes it's there, but just like the emotional connection is not there. Right. You yeah. know, and with hoop path, I, what I'm so grateful for mm -hmm. is that it slowly just organically kind of built around my strengths, mm -hmm. you know, and I have a lot of weaknesses, mm. but you know, we were talking earlier about how much music means to me. Mm. I found that that skill really helped me. A lot of totally. people would come to my workshops just to hear what music I was into, Yeah, you know? Um, and so, yeah. So like as the hoop path grew, and by growing, I mean, I started to tour mm -hmm. and I went around. We started to tour. We started to tour. You, Anne was my booking agent <laughs> and she would book us all over the place. And really, Anne, you know, like mm -hmm. just because this is public record, you know, mm. like you, you know, essentially launched the hoop path. I mean, you really, you're. I believed in you. I had belief. You had a lot of belief in me. Mm -hmm. And you really believed that you could put me in whatever situation, however challenging, and I would do okay in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the most part, you were right. <laughs> you know? Uh, but I remember it was your idea to go to two days, it was your idea to go to three days. Yeah. It was probably one of the best ideas you ever had was. Um, when you decide to make social events between the days, mm -hmm. particularly like the Saturday night party. Mm -hmm. And I kept that tradition mm -hmm. long after, you know, you and I went separate ways professionally, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a custom in the hoop community. Now mm -hmm. the instructor goes out with everybody, mm -hmm. you know, and it puts pressure on the introverted teachers, mm -hmm. but you know, it's so good for connecting to people. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think you were, I think we did it on Fridays because I feel like I can't remember when we would do it, but I remember Saturday more than Friday. Okay. I mean, it would depend on what was going on because sometimes people, I would you just, know, and I there would remember, be still something going on. Yeah. I just remember how different the room felt after mm -hmm. we would do it. Totally. And sometimes, you know, people would have something at their home and right. that right. was really special. Right. Yeah. So that, you know, that then, you know, I was, I was bartending mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, you know, I was doing well enough mm -hmm. that I could leave the bar. And I could not wait to leave the bar. Yeah. Uh, I just felt like it was, I don't know. It, I just got the heebie-jeebies. For sure. And I would bartend again. I'm not against bartending. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I was in a last call bar. It had gotten kind of cocaine-y. Yeah. Uh, I never did it. Still but, is. Uh, you know, it just, it had just, it was starting to, I just felt like I was, I felt like I was peddling regret for a living. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. Like I'm just serving regret yeah, in cold 12 ounce bottles. Absolutely. And depressing just, bartending. I mean, you know, it just gets depressing no matter what. Yeah. And you know, that's like, you know, again, like just to say something that might be relatable to somebody else, mm -hmm. that's kind of like one of those things. It's like I, the money was a little bit more consistent mm -hmm. as a bartender. Yeah. But it was um, creating kind of this, um, deficit of just inner mm -hmm. good feeling, Absolutely, you know, just, yeah. I just wasn't really, you know, I remember my dad at some 
you know, function that we were at. And this, you know, this is, I was well into adulthood and whatever. And he was too embarrassed to say what I did for a living. Oh. My dad's a Methodist minister. So it was yeah. particularly, you know, it was, it was cute, right? Yeah. You know, but, um, but yeah, when the hoop path came in and then it slowly formed, mm-hmm. it, uh, really changed my life. Absolutely. And mine too. Those, that energy that you brought in, it started what essentially became the hoop path community. Mm-hmm. And Which, I think what people, what really bugs me mm. is the, like the cult stuff. Oh, wow. Because, no, we're not going to go into that. But yeah. what bugged me about that was right. that it besmirched this beautiful community that was there. Yeah, that is the wor- that was the worst thing about it. How it, it, how it you I mean, know, it, especially initially when... Yeah. I mean, people are weird. I mean, it actually helped my attendance in classes. I think people just want to see what the hell, like, <laughs> how do you start a hula hoop cult or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, the secret is you yeah. can't. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that that's just how people behave. I mean, it's not right. anything, you know, people really want, people are very eager to project and to seek leadership. And there's something really necessary and vital about leadership, you know, and, and it's very hard to manage how people project and what to do about it, how to handle it. So that was actually something about the hoop path that was, you know, that was an ongoing issue. And, um, yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's, it's hard to, um, be, I mean, but I mean, it's rewarding. I mean, the whole experience is rewarding. I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to build on what you're saying. Yeah. You know, I, um, but I, I, and then, you know, Recently, I decided to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably should have just said take a break, yeah. but uh, I really needed to take space from the touring because you know to have any kind of like living. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, you have to kind of strike while the iron's hot, you know. And so I was going to like you know sometimes like forty cities in a year, you know. I mean, there was one year. 2015, I think, or 2014, no, actually 2013, where I was only home for five weekends. Mm-hmm. No, that wasn't all work trips, but you yeah. know, I was just never around. Right. And so I had decided to retire, not because I fell out of love with hooping at all, mm-hmm. but kind of true to the name of this podcast, I just started thinking about my future self. Mm, yeah. And the more I thought about it, I was like, man, I don't know if I can like be lifting speakers out of a car and filling mm-hmm. a gymnasium, you know, right. well into my eighties. Right. You and know? so using that as a segue, then how yeah. is your life different now? Or how is, you know, what are the, what are the differences and how do you feel some of that groundedness that you were seeking? Yeah, I feel, I, I got it, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not, I, I think I still have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't get into a classic depression uh-huh. or anything like that. I just needed to tend to that inner universe that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Like I needed to start to tend to that, that like, you know, when you start really looking at yourself, you start, you know, you can identify, we use our, the language that's there for us. So like we start to identify our operating system. Mm-hmm. You know, that we realize, like, we're not just the parts, but we're also how the parts work. And I really needed to work on my operating system, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, when you sell tickets to yourself, it warps your mind, Mm -hmm. you know. When you, you you know, it was just like, it was, 
it just a lot of pressure, right? You know, because you're going like for me is like, you know, I'm showing up, and, and and I'm sure I put more pressure on myself than was necessary, but like I'm showing up mm-hmm. in Calgary. Yeah, this has been sold out for months. There's mm-hmm. 50 people there mm-hmm. crammed into this 4,000 mm-hmm. square foot. There's huge speakers. Yeah, and. Some of them, I mean, without you know, as far as their hoop universe, they've been waiting for this for a year. Some people have been waiting this many years, and then right. they show up. And I always, always, always try to deliver. Mm-hmm. Like I never, despite what somebody might think, and I don't know if anybody would say this about me. I would hope not, but I never phoned in a workshop. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. You know, but what that. I started to realize while I was on the road was that. Not taking care of this inner, some of this inner stuff mm-hmm. was inevitably affecting my performance as a teacher, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so I just, you know, I know we're kind of running short on time now, yeah. but I just want to say that, you know, to you mm-hmm. that I really appreciate, mm-hmm. you know, all the encouragement that you've given me, mm-hmm. you know, and to my hoop path community that I love, mm-hmm. you know, and we can call it whatever community we want, but mm-hmm. this network of people yeah. that I miss being there for them. Hoop family. I think that uh, I, I have a feeling I'll be back, mm-hmm. but I wanted to be authentic and real to them and give mm-hmm. them the best Baxter that I could. Mm-hmm. And I am the most mentally healthy that I've ever been. Mm-hmm. I feel so I have, mm-hmm. like, I can make jokes again. Mm-hmm. I'm not super bummed out about Trump anymore. Mm. I mean, I still am, but uh, oh. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have spoken as uh, name. Sorry. sorry. There's a strong odor in the room <laughs> suddenly. <laughs> Let's clear it. But we can't end, we can't end on that. <laughs> no. We can't <laughs> no, end on the political fart. Um, oh, I have a question. Yeah. Okay. Here, maybe this can be the last question. Okay. Are you, do you consider yourself a person of faith? Wow. Was it too hard of a question? No, no, it's not too hard. I just okay. want to make sure I, whenever somebody asks me a question like that, my brain immediately writes a 30 minute response. So let me bring it down a little bit. Okay. Well, do, can you say, I, or, I don't, ahead. I do not have a faith. Okay. But I believe in faith. Okay. Did this just go out? No, you're, you're Oh, fine. okay. It just, it might be mine. You, yeah. I believe in faith mm-hmm. because faith is what it's what makes you take that keep taking those steps into the dark the it's next what step, yeah it's what keeps getting you back on your elliptical or back into your your, your yoga mat like yeah, it's like this faith that you're on the right path mm-hmm. you know um the type of blind faith mm-hmm. you know i think like most people nowadays mm-hmm. i don't I don't, you know, feel so much into, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't really think that, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be controversial. I just oh. do not believe in interceding deities. Yeah. And yeah. Um, at least in the sense that like the car, the reason, you know, that it was, you were protected, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the, the simplest for me is like, well, why would some kids get MS? Right. And others not, you know, and just that <laughs> was enough. Um, mm-hmm. But I, my father's a Christian minister. Mm-hmm. I love the church actually mm-hmm. um, when it behaves. Yeah. 
and there are loads of good people in churches. Yes. And I, I did for a while consider myself Quaker. Yeah. Society of Friends. About that. Mm-hmm. And I think the only reason I don't call myself a Quaker now is that to be a Quaker means that you show up in service for mankind. Yeah. And I, have been taking so much care of myself that I don't really think I can call myself a Quaker right now. Right. You know, and because, you know, the, the service of, you know, there's this funny joke mm. where this non Quaker and a Quaker go to their first meeting together mm-hmm. and they've been sitting there for about 15 minutes in silence. Mm-hmm. And the non Quaker leans over and goes, when does the service start? Mm-hmm. And the Quaker leans back over and goes, when the meeting's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. The, the service. I like it. I know, love you, that. It's joke. a play on words, of course. I love it. I love it. Do you know my other favorite Quaker joke? Oh, tell me. <laughs> this is perfect. Why are Quakers such bad singers? Why? Because we're reading ahead to see if we agree. <laughs> like singing out of him. That's a cute that's one. Not. That's a really cute one. The Quakers <laughs> are the best, really. The Quakers are the best Christians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm... I, I, I think going. Well, I don't want to say that. I don't. I don't that's. I don't want to say that there's the best of something. I know. I'm. I just use that expression constantly. Well, you know the guy it's a hyperbole, that I, but you know Quakers. There's something that strikes me very deeply about Quakers being true Christians, really listening to Christ. Well, that, to the message of Christ. That is why they were labeled, you know, freaks Absolutely. and mystics. Like mm-hmm. one of the like in the same way that you know. Like, you know, they, the mystic was like this, like, derogatory label thrown on them. And that yeah. the, the reason they were called mystics was because they had the belief that they could mm. speak to God by themselves. It was about, it was about the inner space. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and whether there's an intercessor or not. Right. Whether there needs to be an intercessor. Yeah. And I think, yeah. That's, and yeah. to be clear, um, because if people are hearing about Quakerism for the first time, I don't want to mm-hmm. misrepresent it at all. Mm-hmm. It at one time was a gigantic faith community, yeah. but it was always like Pennsylvania. Well, Jefferson, Jefferson was a Quaker. Well, Pencil, well you know, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. you know, William Penn is probably the most famous Quaker, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he's the guy that wouldn't tip his cap to the king. Oh, ah. Yeah, and he brought, I like him already. And he came over mm-hmm. and established Pennsylvania as a Quaker state. I mean... You know that it was okay. going to be. Well, I missed that part of history. He uh, he did so many cool things. He and you know maybe this is. I hope this isn't some sort of like white privilege mythology. <laughs> but, oh, oh, about William Penn. But apparently, God um, forbid, he his pred- the king had already bought the land from the Indians that were there. Okay, the Native Americans, and he paid the Indians twice what the king had bought the land for. Oh. Then asked their help hmm. to teach them how to uh, garden they, oh. or, you know, to grow mm. crops. Because mm. they, I guess at this stage they were doing that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but so I want to make sure that everybody understands, though, mm-hmm. that like there are different types of Quakers. Mm-hmm. And they really do range the spectrum from evangelical, where you might think you're just in a regular oh, you I didn't know, realize Southern that. Baptist church, to pretty much atheistic. Hmm. In fact, the guy that really got me, Elias Hicks, yeah, uh, 1800s, mm-hmm. he was, even by Quakers, considered an atheist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or a heretic. Well, because his view was more on the power. It's going to sound cheesy. He was so much better. But kind of like the, the energy of love itself mm-hmm. and not the supernatural energy. Yeah. 
Yeah, that absolutely. The, that that the love was that like God was literally coursing through. Like God mm. was in our interactions. Mm. That's how we found God. Yeah, like it was. It was and not just and like even in that inner universe, like our interactions with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but it was not this, um, he didn't see it anyway as this like thunderbolt mm. deliverer. Right. The vengeful. external. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And he talks about it. It's really, it's really quite beautiful. So Elias anyway. Hicks. Yeah. Elias Make Hicks. a note. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I think maybe we should wrap up. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Well, thank you. If for, you are. Yeah. Thank you for. Uh, doing this is so much better than the other one. <laughs> yeah, did. it really is. Oh my God. And, uh, I'll You're so see right how to, hard to, it is to yeah. edit it with the video and how that looks, but thank you so much. And yeah. uh, I love you. I and, love you. you know, thank you for I, having me. I want to say something real quick. Actually. Okay. I want to say something while you're here. Okay. People have heard me talk about this, so I'm going to spare them the whole big talk. Okay. But you for me are the proof that you can have a soulful love with somebody mm-hmm. and not be bound to a romantic relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. And we had a wonderful romantic relationship, mm-hmm. but I think we both agree that when we parted, that it really let the love, like it grew more. Yeah, that's totally true. And you prove my point again and again, that the, the most valuable thing you can have is someone who loves you but isn't in love with you. In other words, a friend. Yeah. But a really caring friend. Yeah. You know, one that's not going to just advise you based on all their mess-ups, but actually listen to you and mm-hmm. know your story mm-hmm. and know what you can handle. What you know. Mm-hmm. Tom so, listens to me. So thank you, Anne, for that. And uh, I love you. Thank you. And I love you, too. And thank you for having me here. This was awesome. Right on. Right on. <laughs> we'll be bringing back the regular episodes of the Future Hero podcast. Thanks, Anne. Thank you, guys. See you later.